Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got a little bit of off-season news to chat about. NWSL free agency is upon us. we got to talk about what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we think might come to fruition. It's fun to speculate. Who doesn't love <laughs> to speculate every once in a while? Quick reminder, hello to you all. If you're joining us live, download and follow us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to us on YouTube so you never miss out whenever we go live. If you have some questions for us, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and Lisa and I will answer during a mailbag segment of Attacking Third. Lisa, good morning. How are you? Good morning, bud. Uh, I'm good. There's there's a lot happening between last night and <laughs> the the players ha- having their event and right, everything right, going right. on. There's Taylor Swift pre-sale this morning, which is also a bit stressful in my world. Um, so I, there's just like a lot happening. Free agency drops today in the NWSL. So like I'm just like refreshing Twitter constantly waiting to see some announcements from the players. Um, it's a very busy Tuesday in this mid-November. How are you doing? I'm good. Listen, it's it's 11-11 my time. So I'm going to make a wish. Ooh. Wishing for some chaos. We'll see what happens. Well, you know what? Look, today's a big date. It's November the 15th, you know, as as, as, of going, as us going live this moment. Um, and if people need a refresher, I'm here for you. We've been talking a little bit about the offseason and what uh, what was to come sort of post-NWSL championship. And uh, free agency was going to be one of those things. So uh, clubs have a deadline to meet today. And maybe we'll have some things to talk about later this week as well. So that's a space we're keeping an eye on. But, you know, we had, we were a little bit curious, you know, if we were going to, with deadlines looming, if we were going to start seeing a little bit of news drops. And while there hasn't been a ton of that, there was something that came out last night that we should honestly celebrate. Uh, Lisa, you're already alluding to it a little bit. You're talking about the players ball for the United States Women's National Team Players Association. And within that event, uh, there was a special announcement. Ashlyn Harris announced her retirement last night. 
from professional soccer. World Cup championship, NWSL legend, had the record for most saves in, in NWSL as a club keeper. Um, but gonna stay with Gotham just in a different in a different capacity. New role for for Ashton Harrison moving forward. Yeah, this is um, not too big of a surprising announcement when it came last night from Ashlyn Harris. Uh, she is a legend, a U.S. soccer legend. She was on the 2015 and 2019 World Cup winning teams. Um, she played during CONCACAF Olympic qualifying. That's the last time she was on the U.S. roster. Um, and she's been in multiple different leagues, professional leagues, uh, winning goalkeeper of the year in, with Western New York Flash of the WPS and then with Orlando Pride in the NWSL. Um, in 2016 was the most recent time she won goalkeeper of the year. I mean, she's just a player that has has been known around the world of women's soccer for a very, very long time. And she's not going anywhere. I think that's also a really huge key thing because her and her wife, Allie Krieger, made the move from Orlando to Gotham last year for this 2022 season and Ashlyn will be staying with Gotham. So she's going to join the Gotham front office as the newly created position of global creative advisor. So it's a brand new role for her. Um, one of the things in the release that it said is that uh, Harris is is going to help with the future of Gotham, driving the collaborations with creatives, brands, steering the artistic artistic direction of Gotham FC um, with the club's marketing team. So uh, a lot. I mean, she's one of the most stylish people I know. So the fact that she's <laughs> on the creative side of things and in this global creative advisor role, I think it's a great spot for her um, to still be involved with the club and, and now on more of an administrative side of things, because that's really the progression that we need to see more of in this sport and in this country, right, with players that are players growing up, they're players at the professional level, and once they retire, are they moving into um, administrative roles, coaching roles, refereeing? Are they like how do these players continue to stay involved and keep the yeah. great game growing? And Ashlyn Harris is a perfect example of doing that with this transition. I think that's one of the cool components about it for me, right? We're we're starting to to see um, that continued trend for for players kind of post playing careers. You know, if there are players who want to somehow um, remain affiliated, you know, very closely with the game, whether that's going to be club side or otherwise. It's cool to see that Harris is sort of shifting into one of those roles, but it's not necessarily behind the bench. It's not like in a, a coaching capacity or it's, you know, or a scouting capacity or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's a cool new, new title, you know, it, it, a global creative advisor. And I'm not sure if there's another club out there that says that they have one of those at this moment, but maybe that in itself is opening up the door of possibility in, in other markets. Maybe there are some clubs out there that are saying, hey, we should keep an eye on a role like this and what it can provide for a club. And maybe in the future, that is a role that we try to implement within our own clubs as well. Yeah. And, and you said she's not behind the bench. I mean, coaching is not for every player. Like that's yeah. just not every player is built for that. But the fact that she has created this new role, it then also shows every other player that's still out there competing that, 
hey, the, this is also a job. This is also something that you can try to do with your current club when you retire or with a different club or, or really making those roles open. And, and this is the first step to it. I mean, her continued involvement is is good for the sport. Honestly, it is. Mm-hmm. So we see we see Ashton Harris, uh, you know, make this 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 announcement. We got to talk about the players ball just a little bit, you know, because that's where this announcement came out of. You talked about it, Lisa, the 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 fashion, the dress, the drip. We we saw a lot of cool uh, pictures. A three. You could go catch the socials. There's some good videos on there as well. Look, everybody came prepared. It's it's off season. After you go through a long off season, that that's or a long regular season. That's what I think the off uh, the off season should be for. Right. You should have to celebrate what you've accomplished the year uh, behind you. What? Let's talk about some of this fashion. Look. Ashton Harris is ready. If you're joining us live, you could see the full fit right now on our live episode. I love it. I love the black with the the accents there. Love a good textured type of outfit. Good, good he, stuff. She's rocking the blazer. She's she's trying to be like us, you know, wearing the blazers <laughs> for the championship. I mean, she looks great. <laughs> I need more hat fashion. Uh, I need more hat fashion. Honestly, I think that was something that was lacking for me at the, at the players ball. Um, but listen, everybody's got their own ways and forms and methods of self-expression. Um, and I loved it. I loved uh, every single little bit. I thought you could go through some of the photos and sort of in videos and kind of see something that you liked out of uh, every player who was uh, participating uh, throughout these celebrations uh, that evening. It was very, very cool. To, to see yeah I love it I love that the live is uh, popping off on <laughs> on some of the activities from uh from last night very cool to see uh Rose's uh Rose Lavelle's karaoke lead of Celine Dion uh, oh yeah yeah for folks who, who don't look for gotta gotta help out uh the youth if, if any of you are jo- joining us the TikTok trend of Celine Dion gotta show love uh love that Roosevelt took the mic in that moment and said, hey, we got to make sure that we just belt it out together. It really, really, it really was uh, scenes at the players ball. Uh, Can't wait for the next one, because if if this sort of set the bar, maybe the next one is going to be even even more wild. Um, Shout out to all the journalists that were there. We know Attacking Third was there. We had our one of our reps, Andrea Pilar, there getting video uh, right front stage you know capturing rose on the mic for karaoke ashlyn singing and dancing around i mean thanks for doing your job and not just like waving your hands around because that's it's awesome and now we all get to see it and enjoy it you got to participate don't don't be a don't be a wallflower participate sometimes uh look let's let's keep it moving let's talk about some more news here so we're actually going to keep it celebratory as well because i think this next bit of news that we're going to to chat about warrants a a little bit of celebration it's official after uh the reporting that was put out there about the nwsl draft returning to Philadelphia at the uh, soccer coaches convention. It's official. The league has put out uh, the actual release that the NWSL draft will take place on January 12th. That's a Thursday in Philadelphia at the convention center at the 2023 United Coaches Convention. And we just wanted to take a moment, not just to highlight the news, but to celebrate this uh, because the NWSL draft has has been a staple of this league since its foundation. Um, But over the last 
few years, uh, it has had to pivot to a virtual setting in light of the ongoing global pandemic. There hasn't been the opportunity um, in the last few years for this event to take place in a kind of very kind of communal space. Um, and before in previous in, in previous NWSL drafts, you know, you saw players taking the opportunity to try to, to make the event and make it the big moment for themselves that we've seen in the past. Players hearing their names called, mm-hmm. stepping up to the podium, saying a little bit, you know, a few words as, you know, as they're, as they take the first steps in their pro careers and that's going to return. It's a little bit different when it's something in person and when you're connecting human to human versus just online in a virtual uh, platform. So uh, this was very cool to see uh, official and dropped today this morning. Yeah, I love that it's officially out there. I mean, we've known about it a little bit. I know there's been rumors um, and on the CBS side of things, we've known because it will be broadcast live on Paramount Plus, Attacking Third here. We will do a, we will be doing exclusive coverage around the NWSL draft. So now that it's out there, um, it's it's huge and we definitely have to celebrate because January 12th in Philadelphia, it's it's coming back and Sandra as you said the the spectacle of it being in person is that much more special for these players for the teams it it makes it I don't want to say more real, but when you go back and you watch the last couple of years and and those virtual drafts, yes, they're still exciting and it's still fantastic to see uh, players, college players getting chosen for the draft and going to their respective teams. But there's just something different about a player hearing their name called, sitting in a room full of teams and players and other uh, respective draft prospects and being able to say, hey, that's my name, walk on stage, get the scarf from your team, smile, get your picture taken with the coach, with the the owners of the club, and then get to do an in-person interview, not like jump on a Zoom. Um, it's, it's very, it's very different. And Thank goodness that it is back in person because even last year when we spoke with Naomi Gurma after she was drafted number one overall um, out of Stanford to San Diego Wave FC, she said that she was like in her house with her roommates, right? Like sure, she was like hanging out with her friends um, during this draft, which is a great place to be. And that's a little bit comfier to be in your sweatpants. But now we get to see the players <laughs> get all dressed up. And of course, it's in Philly. So Love that it's back in Philadelphia. It's been here um, many times before during the the coaches convention and January 12th, mark it on your calendar Thursday. Um, we'll have all the exclusive coverage with attacking third on Paramount plus it, you can be able to watch the draft live. I am thrilled that it's back in here. Look, I, I, I have to ask you, what's the weather going to be like in Philly on January 12th? Lisa, give us a prediction. Um, uh, maybe snow, like we got, we had a pretty snowy winter last year, but, um, it'll be cold. It'll definitely be freezing, but you know, nothing you can't handle. The convention center is warm. They'll have the heat pumping. The convention center is warm. Uh, I do remember my, one of my first drafts that I attended in person was in Philly. It's returning. So it was previously in 2017. So I'm excited to, to see what, what is, you know, what, is going to take place, you know, get yourself a mistake. Yeah, of course. I'm going to try to take in the, the sights and sounds if I'm able to go, um, this, this, 
<laughs> this January. I don't know. It, it's I'm a I'm a little bit intimidated. I I know I'm from Chicago, and and the cold is cold wherever you go and wherever cold lives. It's just gonna be cold. But uh, we'll we'll see. It's something that we we'll have to discuss. I mean, maybe maybe we might. I mean, you're already one half of attacking third yeah. is already in Philly. So I don't know. I think maybe we need to try to manifest some things here, Lisa. Maybe we could try to figure something out. I want to I want to see it in the chat. If you want us to go to Philly, I want to see like little airplane emojis uh, in the chat for, for sure. Uh, because I, I, I'm excited about it. Um, I, I think we were almost teased a little bit last year. I think in last year's draft, there was the possibility of having a, a non-virtual draft uh, in last year's off season. But unfortunately, some, again, more last minute pivots, we saw the pandemic still playing a factor in, in the event planning and that kind of stuff. And it was virtual for a second consecutive no. year, you know? So I'm, I'm just excited that like the infrastructure is in place, you know, it typically in the past has the draft has taken place at the United uh, soccer coaches convention. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's sort of cool to just sort of, see everything kind of make this this yeah. this return and, and so. you, you told people to drop their airplanes in the chat they're doing that and shout out to vu because they said <laughs> that uh we got to do the cheesesteak challenge so we'll get you to philly oh, Lord. You we'll do a cheesesteak challenge on attacking third you know it, it'll be great um oh wow we're already playing we're playing the content here with the folks live i, I always i always love uh when we do that um in terms of the draft, though, Lisa, something cool that came out of this as well, not just the return to an in-person draft, but uh, within this news relief, there was this uh, discussion of, uh, of a new under-18 entry mechanism. And that's maybe that's also a little bit of a tradition when it comes to the NWSL draft. They're always retooling. It always just feels like the draft in some capacity is always getting a little bit of retooling, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. You want to you wanna stay hip with the times, right? If, if you're one of the best leagues in the world and we've gone from even the most minimal of things, like something referring to the NWSL college draft is no longer. It is just simply the NWSL draft and now for this draft in 2023 they've introduced this new under 18 entry mechanism in terms they're placing a deadline on things a player has to be a, a draft candidate has to be at least 18 years old on or before january 1st of 2023 yeah, so that's um, typical what has happened, right? You have to be 18 years old to enter the draft. But now with this new under-18 entry mechanism, um, the, the league has put out that it's in the rule book, right? This is the first time we saw the fight happen with Olivia Moultrie and the Portland Thorns and then Jaden Shaw, uh, who was training with Washington and wanted to become a discovery player and then got picked up by San Diego. So it's happened now twice in very recent history in the league that under 18 players are looking to play and now they are eligible to enter the draft. Uh, but there are some caveats, of course, that the under 18 players must have consent of their player, parent, uh, guardian to enter all of this. Uh, but each team is limited to just two under 18 players between their senior roster and their entry list. Also, the player that's under 18 must be signed to a guaranteed contract within 30 days of being placed on the list and the contract term must run through the season in which that player turns 18. 
So if a player is 16 and they enter this and they get picked up by a team, they have to have a contract with that current club until they are 18 years old. Um, they also occupy a full roster spot. So they, they, they take up that full roster spot and maybe that affects a little bit of the free agency coming into it as well. Uh, they also can't be selected in expansion process. Um, and then uh, one other rule that they listed in there, the players must live with their parents or guardian until their 18th birthday. But I think the biggest things for me is that, well, A, there are rules. So if you are 15, you can enter this. If you are 16, you can enter this because the NWSL doesn't have those homegrown programs that uh, teams in the MLS do or teams overseas do or other soccer clubs have. So the NWSL doesn't have that. So this is now opening that door a little bit for those younger players who understand their level and their talent in this sport. And they want to take that next step to the professional game. But I think the biggest thing is that they take a full roster spot and they have to be contracted until they turn 18, because that could be a couple of years uh, that, that a club is taking on a player. Look, do I think it's cool that this exists in this 2023 draft? Yes. Yeah. Do I also think that this is something that could change and shift in future drafts? Also, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, we, we've seen, like I said, retooling of the NWSL draft over uh, the course of its history, especially within recent history. As players, as talent, as talent has gotten a bit younger over the course of uh, this era of football. So, you know, I'm looking forward um, to seeing how this is going to be utilized, which players and, and their families are going to have those conversations about um, possibly making the decision to go pro, um, you know, tossing their hat in the ring, so to speak, you know, for the 2023 NWSL draft. Um and there's a there's a number of players who could possibly make that decision, which is why the the under 18 entry mechanism um, exists. And I, I the one that that stood out for me is is the is the limitation of those players. I think the the each team is limited to two U18 players between senior roster and entry list. Uh, Got to have caps in in some yeah, in some capacity. And I was taking I was trying to maybe connect that a little bit to the 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 draft order. Of things, right? Because I would imagine that perhaps some of these younger talents might be considered one of the the more promising talents or, or in demand talents. And when you're looking at the actual draft order of things, you see a team like Orlando Pride with two with two very early picks in the first round. So we're just going to actually take this from uh, the league site. So if you have severe uh, discrepancies within this. We're getting it from the NWSL League site. The first round is as follows. Number one pick at this moment is New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Number two and number three are Orlando Pride. Number four, Racing Louisville FC. Number five, Angel City FC. Number six, North Carolina Courage. Number seven, Chicago Red Stars. Number eight, Houston Dash. Number nine, North Carolina Courage. Number 10, Gotham FC, number 11, The Courage, and Portland Thorns with the 12th pick in the first round. That rounds out the first round of picks. And I say as of right now, this moment, because let's let's be real. There's always the possibility of movement in terms of oh, yeah. selection in that first round. 
specifically because sometimes the draft is also good for trades and we'll have to talk a little bit about what a trade window could look like. We still have to talk about what free agency. There's there's a lot. I like that you dropped our first round though, because I think it gives a good like oversight kind of like Gotham and Orlando. They both have two picks. North Carolina has three picks in that first round. Um, But Hey, this could change January 12th. We got some time (laughs) until this. And honestly, January 12th and a half, like we won't even find out until the draft has started and then the trades are happening. It's chaos. Sandra, you wished for it. And because we're talking about the draft, we know we're going to get chaos. Your 11, 11, which is already coming true. It's November 15th. It's going to be here in a blink. We're going to have to talk about some more uh, off-season action, and we're going to do that right after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's chat a little bit more about free agency, because that's really what brought us all here together today as of this live on November 15th. The free agent period has been in process. It's been a work in progress. It made its arrival for the first time to the NWSL ever uh, in this offseason. It's under the CBA uh, that got kicked off this year ahead of the NWSL preseason. So beginning in the offseason that players with at least six years of minimum service in the league, five years in 2024, can begin negotiations with any team within the league at the conclusion of their contract terms. So there was a little bit of a discrepancy at one point in October where things went to arbitration because there were players with option years on their contract. And the argument was that those players were technically not eligible for free agency, but the arbitrator ruled that the 22 players with options and and the status was official. They could begin those negotiations. And we have a ton of players here. We are now Lisa on the 15th. There's a deadline in place here today where we can see some news drop and see maybe some big names either resign with their current clubs or announce that they are going to a new team. Yeah. Today is the day. It's uh, the first ever free agency period where it can now be announced. Um, But I I think that the chaos of it all, of course, with the, the arbitrator and can the players join and can they not? And there ultimately were 22 players that joined the list additionally 
uh, with the other players. Um, and when you look at the free agency list, uh, there's a lot of players on this list, a lot of big name players. And I think it's also important to look at how many clubs are impacted and like significantly impacted. There's a couple from every club, right? There's, there's six year plus veterans, um, that because that's what it is six years of service in the league in 2024 it'll be five years and then moving up it'll be three years so that number is going to continue to go down for free agency but um when you look at the list i think north carolina wins with eight players of free agency chicago has seven players available for free agency um and then a bunch of others uh four for washington rain orlando like there is just there's a lot of players on this list because of it um so with this uh, option of free agency, um, new and, and current teams are now able to start negotiations, uh, the player, the team, the player's agent, um, all, all of these things are happening right now. And if a player, the way that free agency is working, if a player does not receive a new offer, that they will remain a free agent with unassigned rights in the NWSL. Um, but we are, we've already seen some players re-signing with their current teams, right? Christine Sinclair was listed on this list. Um, and, and that can happen at any time. There is no date specific timeline for that. And, and that's kind of what we're already seeing because if you sign with a new team as a free agent, you cannot sign that new contract until November 15th. Today is the day that we will start to hear some of those new free agent contracts coming out. Maybe. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we started the top of this episode with a wish. At least I did. Uh, at least it's, it's, I think it's, it's something new, right? Free agency hasn't existed before in, in the league's history. So I think everybody is, you know, of course, they're going to want to see what's happening with a little bit of new excitement, right? This is just a new layer of things. I think in the past with NWSL offseason, there was always the possibility of big off-season news, right? It's just perhaps a contract had ended, and then maybe mm -hmm. it was a player re-signing for a, a new contract or just a trade window before in the past during an off-season versus the actual concept of free agency. So I, I'm looking at, you know, sort of what is in front of us now, um, versus what is yet to come. Um, I mean, there have been players who were listed as free agents who have already announced, you know, that they've resigned with their, their current club, that they were not pivoting to, to any other uh, new club. I mean, and this was happening while, you know, the postseason was actually still occurring. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked a bit about, you know, Christine Sinclair already and then, and how she announced at the Thorns rally that she was going to be returning. But my goodness, we saw Houston Dash make their uh, first ever NWSL postseason appearance. And although they got eliminated in the quarterfinals, something that they were ready to announce at their exiting was the, the re-signing of a Sophie Schmidt or an Alyssa Chapman, right? Canadian internationals who are going to remain uh, with Houston moving forward, but this is just a handful, right? Of, of players that we saw on that full list of eligible free agents. So I'm a little curious 
about how teams are going to look like and what they're going to look like if these negotiations are going to stay in place, because I'm also a little bit fixated on what you just shared as well. Like what's going to happen to those rights, you know, if there is someone who is unassigned, right? And it's just like, if there's no new offer in place, what type of layer of chaos does that introduce uh, for the league in the off season? If things don't, you know, if the I's don't get dotted or the T's don't get crossed. Because this is finally putting some power in the players' hands, which is something that players have been asking for and calling for. And that's why it was put in the CBA last year that was created. And and it's why it was put into place this very first offseason that they could because these players want to be able to not only negotiate their salaries and their pay and, and determine what they are worth themselves, not just – Uh, what their contract says or what their agent could get for them. But it also really helps because these players now can choose where they want to live, choose where they want to spend their career and and work and play professionally. And the fact that there are 12 teams now in the NWSL, it opens up that um, radius a little bit more because there are teams now in California for players to go to and there are teams in the Midwest like there's a lot of freedom and flexibility and we even saw that last year with the expansion draft some players saying hey yeah I really wanted to go home to California you look at a player like Kristen Press she wanted to go home and play for LA that's her hometown a place she never thought she'd be able to play professionally you you look at Alex Morgan as well playing for San Diego I mean that's where she wanted to play and that's where she wanted to be so having this free agency allows those players the freedom and the flexibility to advocate for where they want to play and when you look at this list some of these players you think hey are they are they maybe nearing the end the final year yeah. or two of their career I think that has to come into question especially the players that have been in the league for 10 years. I mean, we just saw Ashlyn Harris retire last night. Um, I I know that Christine Sinclair has already announced she is returning to Portland, but that's also a big question mark. When, when is her time in, in club soccer going to end? Um, I think she's going to end at Portland, right? Like there are so many players on this list that you can kind of say, Hey, if they, if they want to go out and maybe this be their last one or two years, we might see them make a move, whether it's, to their hometown, where they're from, where their families are, where them and their families and their significant others want to settle down. Like this is the moment for those players to make those trades. But as you mentioned, Christine Sinclair already re-signed. If you re-signed with Gotham FC, as well as uh, Taylor Smith has also re-signed with Gotham. And Mandy Freeman. Yeah. And Mandy Freeman. So it's, it's really Gotham, Houston and Portland are the only teams that have re-signed players so far. Yeah, and I think that that's something that I think folks out there, if you're a fan of a a specific club that maybe you're hanging on, if you notice that there are a number of players who were eligible in the club that you support for free agency, you're wondering as of now for November 15th, like, oh, why hasn't a re-signing been announced for player X, Y, or Z? Because if a player re-signed with their club at the time that already could have been announced the november 15th 5 p.m et deadline is for public announcements for for new contracts right that have been signed and and that's something i think that folks are keeping an eye on so like it's cool that you mentioned gotham because this was one of those teams you know that had a handful of players that were listed on their franchise with with you know, the free agent list, Chicago Red Stars, uh, another team, a handful of players 
on there as well. I think maybe you could have made an argument, um, you know, for for North Carolina, who had had a number of players. Yeah. Eight for there. North Carolina, seven for Chicago, six yeah. for Gotham. Um, these are big numbers. It's a lot of players. Yeah. I mean, you look at eight, seven players, eight for North Carolina. That's like half, you're a third of your starting yeah. lineup. Even Chicago, seven. I mean, there are so many players that have been with Chicago for so long that are now on this list that we could see make moves. Yeah, so we saw, um, you know, for Chicago, one of those players in, in, in Nagasato, who was listed as a free agent, they announced that they've resigned this player. So that's a that's a familiar sort of fan favor who is going to make their return uh, to to the Red Stars. But that's you know one of of seven <laughs> players who were uh, listed as his eligible uh, free agents uh, on that list. So let let's maybe have some fun with this because as of right now. There hasn't been, you know, and us doing this recording and joining everybody live, there hasn't been that sort of big bombshell deadline day kind of announcement. So let's have a little bit of fun in terms of what is in front of us. For you, Lisa, who is like the one or two or possibly even three like really big names on this free agent list that you think teams are trying to target? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of big names, so I'm not going to give you just one. I think like when I go down the list of free agents, I think Dabinia is a player that is huge on this list uh, with North Carolina. She just controls the midfield. She controls a lot of it. And as a Brazilian international, any team would be stellar to pick her up. But it also it changes the way that you're going to play. So you can't just get a player like Javinia, um, it, it comes with a high price point at that yeah. point. And also then the team kind of needs to shift their tactics is how they're playing in the midfield, depending on the other players they have, because you, you center your midfield around a player like Davinia. So not every team is going to want a player like Davinia, not because she's not talented and not because uh, she's not going to help your team win and get goals. We saw the tear that Davinia went on last year with North Carolina, but because then it changed the style of, of the team and kind of what they're going at. So I think Dabinia is a big name player on here that you definitely have to circle because where she ends up, whether she stays in North Carolina, uh, but she's negotiating a bigger contract or if she moves, that'll change how I look at a team, right? Like say she goes to a team like Washington Spirit, that they're going to change their midfield and how they play. I think when you also look down this list, another big time player is Kelly O'Hara, formerly with Washington last couple of years. Um, where this player ends up is is a big question mark at this point, because this is a player that you can also kind of build your team around in terms of leadership. If you look at where Kelly O'Hara was last year with Washington Spirit and that 2021 team that went on to win the NWSL championship. Um, it's thanks to a player like O'Hara who can be a veteran and be a leader on the back line. And yeah, dealing with a bit of injuries, I think that's also a, a concern, a point of concern with a player like Kelly O'Hara. So when I talked about, hey, where are these players maybe looking to retire? I think that's where we could see someone like Kelly O'Hara coming into place and, and making those decisions. Not that she's retiring anytime soon, but you have to kind of think about, hey, where do you want to spend the last couple of years of your career and then maybe settle down in that location? Yeah. Can't um, sound the alarms, right? No, um, Sending folks don't into a panic. Lisa Roman, even like retirement news ahead of yeah, no, don't worry. I'm not causing panic at this point. But like McCall's or Boney also on this list, like Denise O'Sullivan, like there are just some 
really, really big name players. What about you? When you look at this free agency list, um, specifically Chicago, with the seven players that they have named here, any any names jump out at you that you think, hey, that they, they could be headed somewhere else at this point? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I think Chicago is a unique uh, situation in terms of the players that are on this free agent list. Um, a, a couple of them are players who have played their entire professional careers in Chicago. So I would imagine, um, I would imagine that any negotiating or um, conversations around player movement, um, I would hope that they're actually player first, just considering the last two years around the franchise, like, um, you know, that you want to have those conversations with players, like, and be very upfront about it. Like, do you want to stay? You know, yeah. we saw a, a pretty much a, a bit of a mass exodus for the Red Stars just one off season ago, you know, post their 2021 championship finals appearance. Um, so I think with free agency, it's a little bit different in terms of, you know, comparing one off season to this off season where there was just trade windows and opportunity for movement conversations, check-ins, and then trying to make those requests and trying to fill those player requests. Now with something like free agency, there's actual contract timeline money involved. <laughs> it's a little bit different, right? So I would imagine that having that many players, you're already perhaps a little bit tied with what you can actually make happen as a franchise. That is a lot of players to try to say, we're going to retain all of them. I would imagine that they're going to try their best to retain some of them, but I, I don't anticipate all seven of Chicago's free agents will return as red star players. I think so, so the list for, for those joining us live and listening, the list of Chicago players on free agents, Danielle Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, Morgan Gatral, Rachel Hill, Yuki Nagasato, who is returning, uh, Kalia Watt and Aaron Wright. Yeah. So I would, I would anticipate in, you know, in terms of, those those players, I wouldn't be surprised if if somebody like a, a Colaprico makes makes a move or is a player that is uh, you know a target for other teams. I mean, you're talking about a a veteran mid NWSL midfielder, you know, someone who has um, that can bring that league experience to any team um, and immediately bulk up. A middle third for you. I think if your team that had some targeted areas in your middle third, you're looking at a player like Colabrigo and trying to sign her to your franchise. I look at a team like Angel City. I look at a team like San Diego. I look at the California teams, you know, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, like you said, there are players on this list who have been in the NWSL for a very long time. Yeah. And some I think go, you mean some that go beyond beyond the six year of service right. quota for this CBA. So you've got a player like Aaron Wright or a player like Vanessa Di Bernardo or a player like Tani Colabrico have been with one franchise since they have been drafted into this league. And we're talking about draft days that go back to 2014 
in 2015. So yeah. you're talking decade-long experiences with these franchises. So I, I, I would imagine, again, that you can maybe try to keep some of them. You've got somebody like DiBernardo who has local ties to Chicago. You've got somebody like an Aaron Wright who really has sort of dove yeah. in two feet first into Chicago, got married, has has a son, you know, has a family, has roots now in, in Chicago. Uh, and then looking at, at somebody like a Nagasato who specifically wanted to make a return to the Red Stars, right? From oh, last season. Was there. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, that Colaprico's is a likely target uh, for uh, to, to move. And listen, I think if you're, again, if you're looking to bulk up your middle third, if you're Angel City, if you're San Diego, if you're Gotham specifically, you're looking to make a move and try to sign a player like Colaprico. I, I think that that might be the player that they have a hard time hanging on to. Um, I think you made a really good point that it's not just players moving, but also teams poaching players, right? Oh, yeah. and, and that's where the salary negotiations come in, oh, yeah. especially when, I mean, you mentioned it with Colaprico that she's such a a prolific player in the midfield. And she's also very versatile. So she can flex in and out of different systems and different midfields and still be a big contributor um, in, in terms of what she's going to do consistently. So like the poaching of players is also where this comes in. So maybe a player wasn't thinking, Hey, I, I'm going to be moving to California, but they, they were like, I'm good where I am. I'm going to stay. And then one of another teams comes calling and they give them an offer. They can't refuse. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, listen, I think you're spot on in terms of this this current free agent list. It's Debina. I think for me, she is like the the S ranked, not even A ranked. She's the S ranked free agent on this list in North Carolina, that other franchise with a number of a handful of players that they uh, have to try to either retain or, or, or negotiate deals with. And they did that in a certain capacity Right? we talked about Smith. We talked about uh, Anamanu. We talked about Freeman as some of those players who have been re-signed. You know, are they going to try? Is this a franchise that's going to try to make a move? Uh, for a different player. I mean, Estelle Johnson was one of these players tied to Gotham that was, you know, listed as a free agent. This yeah. was not a, a a player that they have announced that they have made this re-signing with. So what's going to, to happen there? But uh, yeah, Dabinia, for me, this is a global talent. I mean, we're talking about a player on a deadline day who's not even, you know, in the country right now. She's busy playing with Brazil <laughs> against against Canada during this this international window right got a goal in that 2-1 2-1 loss but, the, but that is the the caliber of player um that Dabinia is and I think uh, of all of the free agents on this list this is the player that if you are a franchise who is trying to target or lure this player to sign with your franchise you are absolutely throwing everything that you can everything. At everything at the wall yeah with like it, it honestly everything that you can but she knows what she's worth she knows honestly the players that she's playing around and then it also comes into a, a factor of how much money do these teams actually have to give these players because yeah. you look at some of the contracts already signed right i mean uh you look at Trinity Rodman with a $1.1 million contract at Washington Spirit. So, like, does that change what Washington's willing to do? Maybe they can't keep as many players as they wanted because they have a big contract. And it really comes down to how you're allocating this money and, and which teams have the money to 
actually get some of these big name players and make him an offer you can't refuse. Big name player like Dabinia. Like who can actually afford her? And maybe you don't get anyone else. Like, oh, I love it. I it, the chaos is already happening in for me, but just us talking yeah. about this and everything that could happen. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Listen, the next time we get together, we'll probably have some official contracts to talk about, some new signings that we've got to highlight. Maybe we'll rank them. Maybe we'll talk about who who swung and who got the hit and who got the miss. You'll have to stay tuned. I know we're going to be keeping an eye on everything as free agency continues. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on Attacking Third. We appreciate whenever you join us live. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us, too. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get alert for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third and a reminder that if you have questions for us free agency a wish list team nws all-star just throwing it out there anything you can leave us a five-star review on apple podcast and lisa and i will answer it during a mailbag segment the nwsl is uh, the nwsl draft is set for january 12th in philly make sure you watch the full draft on paramount plus with extension extensive coverage from Attacking Third, we're going to be back with so much more. Sandra Rara and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.